the stars are incredible at Bryce Canyon. It is bonkers how many stars you can see. Yeah, and that's a big part of Bryce Canyon. They do whole ranger programs. They have an astronomy festival. They'll get the telescopes out for you, put them in the parking lot of the visitor center, and you can look at things with the rangers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you've never seen the Milky Way before, you will see it every night at Bryce Canyon. This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like rocks. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. Welcome to the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. We're here. We're focusing on Bryce Canyon National Park. This is going to be a really fun episode, right, Ash? Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about our adventures and misadventures in Bryce Canyon. So you can laugh along with us and feel like you're on your own little Bryce Canyon vacation. Yes. (laughs) Lots of fun misadventures in these parks. And... We don't ever usually share those online, so this is a good thing. You know? No, you know, in a world where you're trying to put your best foot forward, <laughs> always look like you have your life together, you know, it's uh, not something that we talk about a lot, not because we don't want to, but mm-hmm. there's not really the space to do it, right. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, So exactly. that was one of the fun things about starting a podcast. We thought, you know, we could really open the doors into our trips. Mm-hmm. So that you can see that, no, they are not all perfect. Uh, yes, we do make dumb mistakes sometimes. And, you know, a lot of things are outside of your control when you're in the <laughs> national parks. Yes, exactly. Weather, one of them, biggest one being weather. is. Oh, one my of the gosh. This control. year in the parks, by the way, the weather. Flooding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> fires. Hailstorms. I mean, I feel like there's... I mean, there's always like some big weather events that happen in the parks, but I have never seen a year where there's like literally like eight parks that had to close down because of flooding mm-hmm. and like whole roads taken out, not only in Yellowstone, but like Death Valley and Joshua yeah. Tree and stuff like it's been crazy. And so, yeah, we want to talk a little bit about that. You know, what it's actually like being out in the parks, mm-hmm. what it looks like for us, what we like to do. Uh, stories, things that have gone awry. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. So this will be kind of fun. Share some of our experiences, and you'll probably be able to relate to a few of them. Yeah. So let's just jump right in. Both of us have some stories in mind or experiences in mind, uh, but we haven't talked to each other about them yet. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see what we choose. As far as Bryce Canyon goes, though, it's a pretty small national park. There's not a huge variety of things to do. Uh-huh. Uh, so as I was trying to think of stories, I was like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we've had, I've, we've definitely had some, some cool experiences, but because the park is so small, I feel like, you know, you don't spend that much time there. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes if you've been there multiple times, cause it's so small, you end up doing pretty similar things 
yeah. each time. You kind of have your favorites. Yeah, you find your favorites, your default. It's kind of like going to Olive Garden. My default is always lasagna. Yeah. I always get that. So we have our defaults in uh, Bryce Canyon. But this one, anyways, there will be a few fun things. Do you want to start off? Okay, well, I thought it would be fun to talk about my first memory of visiting Bryce Canyon. Mm-hmm. So Ooh, this, fun. I yeah. don't think I know this. Well, so this is not one that you were here for. I was probably 14, mm-hmm. maybe. And I'm from Utah. So Bryce Canyon's not that far from where I grew up, a couple hours. And I'm sure I've been there plenty of times before this experience, but this is really what I remember. Right. And it's because it was my mom and me and my siblings, and then my grandparents. Mm hmm. And my dad uh, typically doesn't like hiking vacations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, he, really? no. <laughs> he opted out of this one. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was just my mom and me and my three siblings and my grandparents. And I don't know who did the trip planning for this one, but they planned it in March. Not realizing that Bryce Canyon is still covered in snow in March. Mm -hmm. And so we got down there. My mom had booked a hotel, but my grandparents had their tent trailer. (laughs) And it was the coldest experience in a tent trailer. It was like zero degrees outside. And my grandparents (laughs) were in their tent trailer. And so we just were pretty ill-equipped for the weather mm-hmm. and it's nine thousand feet up there <laughs> i mean you're basically you know you're one third of the way up everest at yeah. that point <laughs> and so and it felt like this <laughs> rice canyon gets super cold but so um we got there and it's covered in snow the trails are really icy my grandparents are freezing in their tent trailer and my mom she's like well we have to do something so we should go hiking and our favorite trail there is the Navajo Loop connected to the Queen's Garden. Uh-huh. During the winter, it's easier to go down the Queen's Garden. It's not as steep. And so that's typically the way you get down into right. the amphitheater. Right. That makes sense. So we drive to the trailhead. We get out. We're just so ill prepared for this. Um, <laughs> Shorts just, and a t-shirt. Well, <laughs> I mean, I might have had a coat or a sweater. I know I at least had a sweater, but we were just in our sneakers we're not a big hiking family. I'm the biggest hiker in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm in my sneakers and we start hiking and my grandpa got kind of freaked out by how icy it was. Mm-hmm. And we made it probably 50 feet down the trail and he's like, I'm just going to go back to the car. I don't want to <laughs> hike this. And so my mom gave him the keys to the car and he went back and he was just going to sit there with the heat on for a little while, you know, and wait for us. And he said he would come and pick us up at sunset point where we would come out of the amphitheater. So <laughs> we keep going. We're slipping and sliding everywhere, but we're having a fun time. It was a great hike, actually, and uh-huh. we had a lot of fun. So we get out of the trail. We get up to sunset point. We go out to the parking lot. We can see the truck. But my grandpa's not there and he has the keys. And so we're all freezing our bums off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've been out hiking for a couple hours. We can't find grandpa. We can't get into the car. Uh-huh. And so we're like hanging out in the bathroom because it's heated <laughs> while my mom's freaking out because who knows where grandpa went. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I think we waited for about an hour oh or my so. Gosh. And 
then finally we spotted him on the Navajo Loop coming out of the canyon. And (laughs) so basically he had turned around, he went back to the car, he drove to Sunset Point, decided he didn't want to sit in the car by himself for a couple hours anymore. And he got worried. He was like worried about us Uh that we wouldn't finish our hike or something would happen to us and so he decided to follow us oh my gosh and so he was like an hour behind us he just (laughs) he did the whole trail by himself oh my gosh that's so funny yeah that's very your grandpa though i think well yeah i mean it's also like something my dad would do too (laughs) where it's just like they don't initially want to come uh-huh but then they change their mind later and make it a pain for everybody else. Uh-huh. So, yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. Everybody's so. freezing in the bathroom. <laughs> I just are. imagine, like, everybody standing. It's my turn underneath the hand dryers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, you know, and I'm the oldest sibling. And so my younger brothers were quite young at the mm-hmm. time. And everybody's whining and complaining. And we can't find grandpa. And we can't get into the truck. And it's, you know... 15 degrees outside yeah so that's my earliest memory of rice canyon that's what i remember that's (laughs) i will never forget that trip because i can't like i just keep thinking like who in the heck planned that trip Mm -hmm. you know who was in charge of this why did we not (laughs) like know that it was gonna be snowy and cold Uh just i don't know I remember think because I've always been kind of a crazy planner, uh-huh. even even at age fourteen. You know, it's like I like to have everything planned out. It's just built into your personality. It is, and I was just like, who like who overlooked this? <laughs> who can I blame for this? Like, I am planning the next trip. Uh-huh. <laughs> so oh, there you go. So that's funny. my first memory of Bryce Canyon. That's a pretty awesome one. I love that the dysfunction of family trips sometimes <laughs> is. Nothing more painful and yet comical to talk about afterwards. Yeah. Afterwards. It's funny. Yes. All right. Well, I am going to, I guess, while we're talking about misadventures a little bit. (laughs) So sometimes hiking with children is really hard, is a real challenge, especially once your children reach their expiration points. (laughs) And so, because if you've ever hiked with a kid, generally you know below 10 years old they do really well they're super excited once you start on the trail you know they're jumping off of things and they're just running down the trail they're so excited to be at the front of the pack and then eventually they slow down and then eventually you have to hold on to their hands and pull them forward and then eventually it's kind of like you're holding on to a 50 pound weight and you're just dragging (laughs) them through the rest of the trail well a 50 pound weight that cries and whines Exactly. Well, a really challenging time. You know, when your kids are really little, you can just throw them in your backpack, you know, and you just don't, they can cry on your back, but at least you're still moving, you know. But once you're at the stage where you're like, I don't want to carry you anymore. And why can't you be, you know, why can't you just move like a regular human? (laughs) You know, (laughs) once you, once you try to take them out of the pack and once you actually finally So there's a few stages. You have the pack. They don't walk at all. Then you take them out of the pack. You let them walk for 50 yards. You put them in the pack, you know, because then they're tired. Eventually, you reach a point where you're like, I don't even need this pack anymore. But then 
your kid reaches the expiration point three miles into your five mile hike and you're like, I wish I had my pack kind of a situation. <laughs> or sometimes half a mile in to your <laughs> one mile hike. Exactly. Depends on the day. Last week we did five miles and you were fine. You know, this time they can't even make it half a mile and, you know, the stakes are higher, you know, yeah. basically. But well, we have two sons and one of them is three years younger than the other one. And we were on... I think it was the Navajo loop that we had connected to the Queen's Garden Trail. And I think the other day on the other episode, we briefly mentioned this about Logan, where he... Anyways, I won't ruin the story in case you didn't listen to the episode. Well, basically, Logan had reached his expiration point, and there's this sweet little alcove. I don't know if it's a part of a larger hoodoo or if it's just a rock that has like a little cave, but there's a little bench that we sit on almost oh, yeah. every single yeah, time I know which one you're talking about yeah we sit on this bench underneath this little shaded area we take a break and we usually have you know one of those little costco applesauces or you know we have a little treat granola bar or something like that before we start the rest of the trail well we had bribed logan nine times basically by this point to give him a treat and we'll take a break you know and so we were taking our break. We had just gotten, you know, our little snack and everything. And I think what had just happened is now we were trying to convince him to begin hiking again, is I think what had happened. And if you've never hiked in Bryce Canyon, you should just know that, I mean, people have been hiking there for decades and decades, a hundred years, basically. I don't know when Bryce Canyon was made a national park. Do you? Do you remember the date? That will be in the trip planning episode. The trip planning we'll episode. All right. Yeah. Good deal. Well, people have been hiking there for a long time and it's desert soil. And so it's super fine, super fine soil. It's like you're walking through orange powdered sugar is kind of what it's like on really dry days. Well, Logan has reached his expiration point. We're bribing him. We finally convince him to get moving again. And he literally walks like five steps and foot hits a root, foot hits a rock. He just trips full body belly flop right into this super fine <laughs> trail dirt. And from head to toe, from like fingertip to toes, one half of his body is completely caked in this super fine dirt. Oh, I remember that because... Yes, it was funny, but I was so frustrated with him <laughs> because he thinks that, you know, if he can just keep taking breaks, then, mm -hmm. you know, eventually he'll be done. Yep. And we're just like, oh my gosh, just hike, <laughs> hike, please, so we can get off this trail. And yes, I remember because when he tripped, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> kids think that yeah if you take a break eventually the parents will just give up and be like okay we'll just go home and the car will magically appear <laughs> you know but no we still have miles oh, to go at this he's point covered in orange powdered sugar yes but only one half like i remember like the front his whole face is just <laughs> totally covered i i'm pretty sure i took a picture mm -hmm. i'd be really sad if i didn't yeah take we a have picture, a picture but, of it yeah so we'll have to put that up maybe on facebook or something but yeah, he is like his whole front side is just orange. Yeah. His whole backside is clean. His whole front side <laughs> is orange. Yeah. Uh, I think there was even a moment where like when people in the movies have something like this happen that when they're baking and cooking with flour or something like that, like they open their eyes and like the flour like falls off of their eyelids. Yeah. Well, and, and then, he's trying to breathe and uh -huh. he's like breathing orange dust. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he just looks. You know when your kid, after they trip, they have to look at you to decide whether or not it's a really serious problem or if they're actually hurt. They react to you. Like all of us were just like, <gasps> uh, good fall, Logan. Good nice fall. Nice one, buddy. Because we're trying to get all this flour off that wouldn't come off. I, we were finding that dust for weeks. Yeah. So yeah. I, I love that story. Because we can laugh about it now and we have a picture to celebrate it. <laughs> but if you're a parent and you have a child and you can relate to this, you totally understand where we were at. We're kind of like thinking karma finally got him a little bit and yeah, yeah. it helped us get through the rest of the trail. Yeah. And we still had about half the trail left, I think, yeah. we down at the bottom. So, <laughs> okay. Well, I wanted to talk about something very unique that's happened in Bryce Canyon. And that is when I booked a trip to stay at Ruby's Inn Uh and I got the room for $15 a night. (laughs) $15 a night. That was such a deal. With free breakfast. Mm -hmm. So they were losing money on that deal. And Oh, yeah. Well, I ate enough bacon that I ate my values worth out of that (laughs) for sure. Yeah. So basically what happened is it was uh, during covid and just, you know, tourism had taken a complete standstill mm-hmm. and they were so desperate to get people to the hotel so that all of these workers could keep their jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's pretty, pretty stressful time for a lot of these gateway towns that oh, rely yeah. on that tourism, you know, because oh, yeah. they need the people. faucet of business got totally shut off and yeah. all these gateway towns were struggling like we just hired a thousand employees for the summer season yeah and we had we had gotten our vaccination and stuff like that and we were like you know what let's go mm-hmm. like what five hours from our house and anyway so i was looking and i noticed that they were running this special where it was like if you stayed three or more nights or something then they took off a huge percentage of your thing and mm-hmm. when i went to go check out it came up to like 15 dollars a night <laughs> And I'm like, I remember you thought it was a glitch, and I, I think did. you even called to verify. Do you like? I like looked at the screen, and I remember like looking around to make sure nobody was like watching me steal <laughs> these rooms. Basically, <laughs> I was like, surely there has to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a problem here. Like but... the little angel on your left shoulder <laughs> is like, are you sure? The little devil's like, click it. Hurry, put it and in the I listened to the devil because <laughs> I booked that right up and then I called my parents and I was like, you've got to get on and see if you can get mm-hmm. these. You know, that turned into deal. a family trip real fast yeah. because everybody was like, okay, we got to get this kidding. It yeah. was awesome. Pretty much our whole family went and we had a great time. We got free breakfast. The park was pretty quiet. You know, it wasn't too bad. We were outside. And so, you know, it was the middle of summer. We're outside. Felt great. Mm -hmm. So much fun. But I will never forget staying at Ruby's Inn for $15 plus free breakfast. Yeah. (laughs) I was so proud of myself for that one. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, how many times have we been to Bryce Canyon with my family? We've been to Bryce Canyon with your family more than any other park with any other family. And I come from a family that is not super outdoorsy. Mm -hmm. I was the one who always wanted to go camping and hiking. And when I got my job as a park ranger, like that kind of came out of left field Mm -hmm. (laughs) a little bit for my family because we were never that outdoorsy. 
Right. We like we would try. You'd go to Grand Teton a lot. Well, see, but that's what's weird because nobody in my family really hiked that much growing up. You know, we didn't do hikes. We weren't park people. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, my dad, who would rather do almost anything Mm -hmm. than hike, he loved Grand Teton. Mm -hmm. And so we would go there almost every year. Right. Uh, which is what really developed my love for the national parks was going to Grand Teton with my family and making those memories and stuff. But like when we went to Grand Teton, we didn't hike. We sat at the lake and we ate good food Mm -hmm. and (laughs) we looked for animals, you know, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like we're out actually doing the things that you usually do when you go. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, my family just isn't really that outdoorsy. Uh, I would say that has changed over the years as my siblings have gotten older. Like, Yeah, I think if they heard you say that they weren't outdoors, they'd be like, whatever. Yeah, no, they're totally outdoorsy now. now. Yeah, but it wasn't really because of our upbringing, Mm -hmm. I don't think, you know. It's just something we've all kind of found that we love later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, So your mom. Yeah, so... (laughs) So, but we do go to Bryce Canyon a lot. My family loves Bryce Canyon. It's, you know, within a day's, half a day's drive. So we are going to Pariah View, which is a viewpoint at Bryce Canyon of the amphitheater, but you don't see the hoodoos that good. Right. But it's really great for sunset because it's like the only, the only place in Bryce Canyon where the hoodoos actually like. The shadows are the right direction. The sun is the right direction. The lighting is good for sunset. And so we were doing that. So it was sunset. We went to Pariah View. We got our pictures and it was just me and my mom and my brother in the car. Mm -hmm. And we're driving back to Ruby's Inn. This was the trip that I got $15 hotel rooms. (laughs) Oh, I think I know what story this is. Yeah. So we're driving back and we see a deer on the side of the road, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Describe the car your mom is driving. Okay. So my mom drives this cute little blue convertible. She just loves to cruise around in it. Like mm-hmm. she's just, she lives her best life in that convertible. Yes. But so we're driving around and we're driving home and we see a deer on the side of the road and my mom looks at it. But what's people's first response usually when they see a deer on the road? Okay. Yeah. Slow usually down. you break. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Break. Okay. So, so she looks at the deer and she goes, Oh, I can't stop laughing. Um, she goes, where there's one, there's more. And then she like revs the engine, <laughs> pushes on the gas pedal to the metal, like driving past this deer. <laughs> My brother and I both look at each other like, we're going to die. We're going to die today. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And so that's now a long-standing joke in our family. Like, whenever we see a deer and we're together as a family, my brother and I look at each other and we go, where there's one, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so true. Uh, so, we can't help but say that and then just laugh. Oh, my gosh. It was so funny. Like, pure terror on mm-hmm. both of our faces. Oh, like, yeah. You got a break, Mom. Like, there are more. There was, like, 10 <laughs> deer right there. Oh, yeah. You hit a deer in a convert. Convertible, that thing's coming oh. right up over the top. You guys probably didn't have the top down. So that deer is going to land oh. in the back of your car like a Tommy boy. You know, it's just going to wake up. And oh, yeah. So that I will always think of Bryce Canyon when I see a deer. Yeah. Because that is just a longstanding joke now. And I love my mom. She is the best. Mm-hmm. She's so great. But 
I <laughs> I don't even know what to say about <laughs> She's so funny. She's just so funny. She's the best. Okay, this is kind of what I thought. Getting back to Bryce, the hoodoos and everything for just a second. So one of my favorite things and one of the things that makes this isn't necessarily a story either, but it's something that I think about every time. I think we've talked about I think Sunset Point is my favorite favorite viewpoint in the park Mm -hmm. and because the reason for that is because you're like it you're at the top eye level with a lot of these hoodoos and i've compared it to lord of the rings i think on one of the other episodes and i thought to myself i can't use the same analogy again so when you do the navajo loop and you go down wall street and everything but when you're in like the observation tower observation platform for sunset point and you're looking out it looks like that part in harry potter and the goblet of fire like when you are at the very ending scene basically and you're looking at that cool maze that they have to go through and then you know all and then you go actually go down into the hoodoos and you know, when Harry is wandering between all the hedges and going through the things and all of a sudden the hoodoos like smash together or the the hedges smash together and then like the whole maze changes. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of what the Wall Street area is like. And so that's literally what I feel like I'm imagining that a lot of the times when I'm going down into Wall Street. I have never told you that before. But I don't I, remember that part. Of you don't Harry remember Potter. that part of the movie? I don't. Oh. <laughs> it's where Victor Crumb gets all possessed by, if you haven't read the books, no, this is a spoiler. It was Mad-Eye Moody, which was Barty Crouch Jr. But anyways, yeah, he possesses Victor Crumb and comes after him. There's a lot of Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings talk at our house, <laughs> which usually just goes right over my head. But I do kind of know what you're talking about as far as the feeling of like you, you're walking down in there and you're like waiting for something to like close up on you. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Luckily, the trail is pretty well defined. But if it wasn't, man, I could totally see like that whole place being alive and coming to get you. Yeah, yeah. I, on that note, one of the things that I wanted to mention, one of my favorite experiences in Bryce Canyon was hiking that peekaboo loop for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to mention that because, you know, we traveled to the national park so much mm-hmm. that sometimes, I don't know, sometimes maybe I don't get as excited as I normally would mm-hmm. if I wasn't in the park all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, I had been to Bryce Canyon, I don't know, five 10 times mm-hmm. before I actually hiked the peekaboo loop. Uh-huh. And I remember getting on that trail and looking around and like literally my jaw was just on the floor. Yeah. I was like, how have I not done this? Yet? I was on that trail with you the first yeah. time you did it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was when our oldest was in a backpack. Yeah. That was so cool. It was so cool, but it was just like shocking to me because I had been to Bryce Canyon so many times and we always just did the Navajo and Queens Garden. That's mm-hmm. what we usually do with my family. And yeah, when I added on Peekaboo Loop, I mean, I felt like that was just like life changing. I was so enamored by yeah. that area. Do you remember what else was life changing on that trail? The bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because... <laughs> By the time you get to like the farthest point of the peekaboo loop, you 
have, you've been out for a while. You haven't been to yeah. the bathroom in yeah. a long time. And Bryce Canyon's not really somewhere where you go find a tree to no. pee behind. No, there's <laughs> so. not. It's, there's not really a lot of options. And so I remember we were walking along. We made this turn and we saw like a little tiny sign for a, a little porta potty kind of a thing. And I was just like, "Praise the Lord, uh, Hallelujah!" Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best thing. Yeah, well, you know that your life has hit a new low when you're excited to see a porta potty. Yeah, but yeah, that that trail is so cool. I absolutely love that trail, and I just remember getting on there and being like, I feel like I I've seen Bryce Canyon, and then you get down in there, and it's like, no, Mm -hmm. I have been missing a very cool part of Bryce Canyon. Yeah, yeah, no, it was so neat. For those of you that want to do the peekaboo loop, but maybe don't want to do the whole hike because it is a lot of hiking, you can take a horse ride down there. Mm-hmm. That's that's a horse trail. I think that did surprise me when we were down there. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a great option. We typically try to stay on our feet mm-hmm. uh, mostly. <laughs> I love hiking. Hiking is just, it's so therapeutic for me. And I think that it just takes you to the coolest places. And so it's always a big priority for us when we're in the national parks. But if you don't hike or you don't want to do that trail, then join join the horseback ride. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. It's such a cool area. So I do love that. You know, my next one of my favorite <laughs> experiences that we had is uh, this was because we were so well prepared. When you hike in Bryce Canyon in the wintertime, generally the area gets... Well, at least in December, by Christmas time, the area gets kind of more dusted than just like slammed with snow. And so a lot of the trails, they have a kind of like a, sh- it's almost like a sheen, like a small layer of ice where the snow has been compacted. That little bit of dusting that the park gets has been compacted into just a nice sheet of ice. And so we had yak tracks that we had rented and we put on our boots and we were hiking and we were just fine. But a lot of the people around us, even though they had some really nice hiking boots, and some people didn't, it was like slip and slides and stuff <laughs> for people. It was crazy. Luckily, everybody was fine. And we helped a few people get up and over some things that were a little slippery. But I think it was so fun to just like skate around. I don't know, seeing people skate around Bryce Canyon. That was kind of fun. <laughs> I always feel like those trails are not good trails to not have traction on. Yeah. You know, you you could slip and go all the way down, Mm -hmm. could go down the sides. And like you said, like they get icy. Yeah, it is. It can be really, really tough traction situations. It was that same hike, that same trip that we were trying to get a picture of our family Mm -hmm. out on the trail. And I remember like I had my phone and I was going to take a selfie of our family and we all had our faces covered because it was so dang cold. Mm-hmm. And so we like would count to like one, two, three. And everybody like pulls their scarf down off their face. And we're all trying to look happy <laughs> so we can take a picture. Before our noses meanwhile, catch frostbite. Yeah, meanwhile, our noses are like freezing together. And like my eyes, like they kept watering and then like freezing. <laughs> and so those pictures didn't turn out that good. No. But... That was that was a fun experience too. That's also the same trip where we ate Bryce Canyon Pines pie mm-hmm. like every night. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was so great. Yeah, because we they're s- big, so they can last for a while. 
Well, we went to the restaurant every night to get pie. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We didn't just save them. No, <laughs> they don't save. <laughs> that's right. So we ate a lot of pie that trip and then got froze. Yep. Froze while we were out on the trails, but it was so cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that same trip, I feel like the night sky is so beautiful in Bryce. And now the reason that I noticed this was because I remember one of the nights you sent me to go get the pies. I remember that now. And I remember I was driving there. It was so dark. It was so dark outside. But that walk between the truck and the hotel where we were staying, I just remember, I remember I wanted to stay out longer, but I was so cold. (laughs) I couldn't. And so I just took a few moments to sit there at the back of the truck and just look at the sky. The stars are incredible at Bryce Canyon. It is bonkers how many stars you can see. Yeah, and that's a big part of Bryce Canyon. They do whole ranger programs. They have an astronomy festival. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'll get the, the telescopes out for you, put them in the parking lot of the visitor center, and you can look at things with the rangers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you've never seen the Milky Way before, you will see it every night at Bryce Canyon yeah. if it's clear. Yeah, it's awesome. The elevation, I mean, so a lot of the atmosphere is below you at that point because you're at nine to 10,000 feet. Yeah, so the, the atmosphere is really thin mm-hmm. and you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. There's like no light pollution. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's one of the coolest things about Bryce Canyon. Hmm. Um, We've joined ranger programs like that before, and our kids still talk about how they got to see Saturn and, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's super cool, super cool Bryce Canyon. Yeah. So this will be the last one that I'll share, but it's not necessarily even like a story, but I love to take advantage of Golden Hour and Bryce Canyon. And I feel like almost every time that we're there, we have an opportunity where we kind of walk along the rim a little bit around sunset and it just blows me away every single time like even our kids seem to sometimes get a little bit quieter it's kind of amazing like it's almost like a reverence in a way where you kind of walk along the rim trail maybe around sunset or sunrise point because it's a pretty easy area to just stroll along because it's a paved rim trail but i feel like you know you just lean up against some of the fences sometimes and you just look out over these hoodoos And just as the sun sets, it kind of just gets quiet. And almost every time that we're there, we get to do this. And it is just so fun. Even the kids, like I said, they're just like recognizing, wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Golden hour is my favorite time to be out. Mm -hmm. So I remember, yeah, we like to walk along the rim for golden hour because you get really cool views. Or sometimes we'll go to like our favorite viewpoints because usually golden hour is pretty quiet time in the park. You know, usually mm-hmm. you can drive to some of the busier viewpoints and find parking. So we'll do that. I also remember last time we watched golden hour at Bryce Canyon, we were on the Fairyland loop. Mm-hmm. So we purposely timed our hike to be later in the day so that we would be down in the hoodoos as the light got it was more incredible. interesting. Yeah. yeah. That was probably the coolest hike (laughs) that I've done in Bryce Canyon as far as like the lighting Mm -hmm. and like you said, the reverence, the solitude. Golden Hour on that trail was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so cool. A lot of times, because you'll notice as you get into Bryce Canyon, there's a lot of large groups in buses and things like that. And a lot of times those buses depart before Golden Hour comes. 
And so the park does get a lot quieter. You know, there's a lot of people go out to dinner and things like that. But if you can head back into the park or something or just some, if you're there, take advantage of it because it just blows you away every time. And I love that. It's one of my favorite things. Not because we always get the best pictures because sometimes I don't take very good pictures, (laughs) but it's just so pretty. Yeah. And if you're listening and you're wondering what golden hour is, we should probably mention. So that's like, it's like an hour or two before sunset. Yeah. So you don't like the sun's not down, but it's low enough in the sky that it just makes like really interesting shadows. It's not as harsh Mm -hmm. Uh, because at Bryce Canyon, it can get pretty harsh. (laughs) Sometimes it's hard to get really nice photos of Bryce Canyon, especially in the middle of the day. And if there's no clouds and stuff, because the sun is very bright. Mm -hmm. So that's why, especially in Bryce Canyon, we love to be out at golden hour because the sun dips down and then you get like the shadows on the hoodoos and Mm -hmm. the light is softer and it turns a like gorgeous shade of yellowish orange that mixes with the hoodoos. It just makes it so cool. Yeah, it's so great. So anyways, I just wanted to share that. And I think that people could really take advantage of that opportunity while they're there. You know, it's just so good. Now, that was a good ending spot. Uh (laughs) But something else popped into my mind, Uh actually, that you never mentioned. And it wasn't in Bryce Canyon, but this is just... I think a good example of mother nature and how careful you have to be sometimes when you're out in these parks, Mm -hmm. because if you drive along Highway 12 near Mm -hmm. Bryce Canyon, a lot of people like to go out to Calf Creek Falls, which is a really popular waterfall in Utah, but it's not that far from Bryce Canyon. So a lot of people will do that while they're at Bryce Canyon. Mm -hmm. And you went this last time that you were down there. Yeah, I didn't tell the story because I just like... You know, it's not Bryce, Bryce Canyon, exactly, but, but... It, it paints a picture because these landscapes are changing constantly. You know, maybe not super dramatically like this story will be, but they do change and you have to be careful yeah, on the so trail. Tell them what happened because I about had a heart attack when you came home and told me this. <laughs> okay. So Calf Creek Falls, it's a beautiful waterfall. If you Google it or something like that, I mean, it's just... It's this beautiful desert waterfall that I, I'm not exactly sure how tall it is, but it goes down into this little pool where you can swim and it is just awesome. It's so pretty. But That water gets so cold, by the way. Side note, yeah. I got hypothermia swimming in that water. <laughs> I like made myself sick when I was 16, uh-huh. I think I was. Yeah, I was literally nauseous. I could feel my heart stop beating when I was under the water. Oh, so, wow. That was a side note, but I did give myself hypothermia <laughs> at that waterfall. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. Most people get out of the water before that happens. Yeah, well, we were trying, we were, never mind. <laughs> I was just a stupid teenage girl. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Okay, so in order to get to the falls, you park and then you kind of hike a fair distance kind of through. It's not a slot canyon, but it, it's its own little canyon. You kind of follow the water a little bit and you go. You, I think it's a few miles, but it's a beautiful hike. But you're surrounded by these red rock cliffs that are at least, I don't know, 75 to 200 feet tall. That's a big range. It is, it is a big range. <laughs> the cliffs change. And so no, it, so there's you're surrounded by these pretty big cliffs. Well, we're hiking along. We're about three quarters of the way to the falls itself. And I'm, I think I was in front. It was your brother's 
and your mom and I, and we all went on this hike. Yeah, I stayed with the kids because uh-huh. they were young. Yep, it was it was so fun. But we just, not to say that you and the kids aren't fun. It would have been fun if you were there too. But Well, it would have been less fun with the kids. That's why <laughs> I decided to stay back with them. Yes, exactly. So we were, were hiking along when all of a sudden a huge chunk of a cliff ahead of us just collapses. It's almost like if you've ever seen a video of like a glacier calving into the ocean, that's what it was like. And this huge piece of this red rock cliff just collapses and the whole canyon, the whole area where we were at on the trail, it was just like this huge dust cloud just formed and filled and spread out throughout the entire canyon. And we're just like, we're just standing there because it was literally... 300 yards tops ahead of us which isn't that yeah, big when you're out so in the wild scary. like that i mean it was at maximum that was how far away we were from it so another two minutes hiking and we would have been right where it fell and we waited for a while me my brothers and I, my brothers-in-law and i we were just yelling into the clouds like is there anybody up there hello because we weren't sure if it was still kind of collapsing we didn't hear any more loud cracking or well, anything and if like there that. was anyone on the trail right there yeah my gosh. So, so we were we kind of debated amongst ourselves for a couple of minutes whether or not it was safe to go up there and then eventually we did and we continued on the hike really tentatively and then we finally made it to the place where it fell and literally all that rock landed right on the trail oh Oh, it makes me like sick to my stomach (laughs) i don't know i stopped to tie my shoe once or something like that you know that would have been the difference (sighs) between you know getting pancaked by these massive rocks that fell off of you know the sky is falling type of a situation so it was crazy so when you're in these desert locations when you're in these desert parks on on these hikes keep your eyes up (laughs) not that it will make that big of a difference (laughs) (laughs) and this isn't meant to scare you but like things happen but you know when you're out in nature there's just so many things that can happen that you have zero control over. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I love so much about the national parks, actually, because it feels like you're so small. Yeah. Like you're so inconsequential, mm-hmm. but in a really cool way mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're surrounded by just all this beauty, but all of this unknown, you know, and things that you can't control. So the, I love that feeling. It's one of my favorite feelings in mm-hmm. the national parks. But that, I mean, that's basically what you're staring at when you're at Bryce Canyon, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking at erosive journey of these rocks and mm-hmm. things are constantly changing. Things do fall down, you know? And so it's just a really good reminder that yes, like you need to go out and have fun and, and have a great time, but like you also need to take whatever precautions you can. Uh, a lot of times that's why they tell you to stay on the trail. Yeah. You know, because they're trying to keep you safe. Right. So I just like, but I love that regardless of your story, because that is super scary. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. It makes me sick to think about it. (laughs) If you would have just been a little bit closer to the waterfall. Oh my gosh. But. Yeah. But I mean, you can stand in awe of these natural forces sometimes. Stand in awe of these giant geologic and natural forces that are shaping the world around you in these natural places like this because they are so much more powerful than we can even imagine sometimes yeah well and that's 
to me, the beauty of Bryce Canyon. Yeah. That's what I love about it is that you're literally seeing nature at work. Mm-hmm. And you know you're you're looking at a timeline. It's kind of like nature's Picasso. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, and it's just so cool to be out there in it, and to have the reverence for that, but to to feel so empowered by it at the same time. So right. anyway, that's my little side note. Super <laughs> scary experience, but you know, don't don't let things like that stop you from going out. But just make sure that you're, you know taking the proper precautions when you're out in the national parks. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Stay on the trail, you know, watch out for signs if they tell you something's unstable, but in general, you'll be fine if you're doing the right things and you'll be safe, but you'll be able to enjoy the place. It's an amazing, it's an amazing park. The hoodoos are so cool. Get on the trail, enjoy this place, have your own adventures. Yep, and eat some pie. Yeah, and eat some pie. Thanks for exploring the national parks with us. Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtinmyshoes.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes. <laughs>